Welcome to the 136th episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, we will start our look at the 2022 Major League Baseball season with our initial thoughts on the good and bad of each team two days into the regular season. And as always, we will start in the American League East, where the Toronto Blue Jays are 1-0. Well, I will say a little caveat to this. Obviously, these are all very knee-jerk and overreactions to start the season. But let's start with the Blue Jays. The good news is they came back from a 7-0 deficit in the fourth inning and won the game 10-8. The bad news is that Jose Barrios, their ace for the year, who will be replacing Robbie Ray, the reigning AL Cy Young winner, currently has an ERA of 108 in one, well, he only got one out in .1 innings pitch, one-third of an inning, however you want to call it. Uh, moving on to the second-place team in the division, the Tampa Bay Rays, they are 1-0. That is the good news, and they only gave up one run in their first game. And the bad news is they played Baltimore, so the win means absolutely nothing. Although, uh, it has been widely mentioned, actually, in spring training by in, in one game. I should say it wasn't really widely mentioned. But uh, the, the counter to that bad news is that the, the Rays won the division last year by eight games over the Red Sox, and they actually had a better record against the Orioles only by six games over the Red Sox. So they do make a living and make a habit off of beating up on the Orioles and having that boost their record. So I guess they're off to a good start in that, in that, in that, uh, in that aspect of the game, but they probably need to get some more runs to continue that. Uh, the good news for the third-place Tor- New York Yankees. Tied I was for going... first? Everybody's tied for first? Yeah, that's true. Uh, th- th- yeah, okay, fine. The, for, for the first-place New York Yankees, well, they, would be, they wouldn't be in off-of-run differential, so there's that. Uh, they came back to tie their opening day game against Boston three separate times, and new addition Josh Donaldson scored new addition Isaiah Kiner-Falefa to win the game in extra innings with a walk-off single up the middle. The bad news... They were down three to nothing in the first inning because Garrett Cole gave up four hits, including a two-run home run to Rafael Devers. If that's a sign of things to come, and Garrett Cole isn't at Cy Young level, this team is not going to go very far, to be quite honest. Uh, the good news for Baltimore is that they lost their first game and they're not trying to win anything this year. The bad news is, as Herm Edwards once said, you play to win the game, and they're definitely not going to win many games this year. The good news for the last place, Boston Red Sox, although yeah, they're tied for fourth, whatever. Their lineup started the season hot with three runs in the first inning. The bad news, they only scored two runs in the, in the final ten innings against the Yankees after having a hot start against Garrett Cole. Okay, let's move over to the AL Central, where after one game played amongst all uh, division rivals, we have a similar situation with a tie for first place. Two teams here are 1-0. Let's start with the Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers have some good news, which is that today they got four innings of scoreless relief from Drew Hutchison, Alex Lang, Jacob, and Jacob Barnes, and five runs from their offense. The bad news is opening day starter Eduardo Rodriguez and closer Gregory Soto combined for five innings pitch with only with four earned runs. So actually kind of the opposite. You'd think that most of their runs were given up by the middle relievers as opposed to the closer and the ace starter from opening day, but... I'm sure they'll figure it out when, as the season goes on, and Eduardo will be a little bit better. Also, it was kind of raining at the beginning, so there's that, too. Uh, for Kansas City, the good news is Bobby Witt picked up hit, Bobby Witt Jr., I should say, picked up his first career hit, extra base hit, and RBI in their opening day matchup with the Guardians and actually turned into a game-winning RBI, and their pitching was great. The bad news is that run was one of three they got in the whole opening day game. They're going to need more runs because Zach Granke is not pitching all five days of the rotation, and uh, I, I won't... I won't go to trash the rotation, but I don't think it's quite going to hold up to the point where 
three runs a game will be enough. Uh, but let's move on from the Royals to the Chicago White Sox. The good news is they are the White Sox. No I'm kidding. The good news is AJ Pollock and Louis Ro- and Luis Robert combined to go five of nine with two RBI. The bad news is the rest of the lineup combined for three for twenty-five with three walks. Not enough production from the offense, especially considering who else is in that lineup. Obviously, you're talking about Yasmani Grandal, who is considered the best catcher in the league. You have Jose Abreu, who was an MVP from two years ago or three years ago at this point. Uh, and you also have Eloy Jimenez. I mean, there's a lot of offense on that team. And granted, they don't have Tim Anderson yet because he's still suspended. But uh, hopefully, when he comes back for White Sox fans, they'll start getting more offense. Or maybe even they'll just turn around tomorrow magically because that's the way the baseball works. For Minnesota in fourth place, the good news is your bullpen threw five scoreless innings. The bad news is your offense only got one run. For Cleveland, the good news is Shane Bieber is back and pitching very well to start the season so far. The bad news is the offense only generated one run of run support so far. I thought you were going to say the good news for those last three teams is they're all in third place despite uh, going 0-1. Uh, that would be for, that, that is third, technically good. Yes, you're third, right. Tied for last. Uh, all right, let's move over to the American League West, where similarly we have two teams uh, tied for first at 1-0, the Astros and the Mariners, and then the remaining three teams are 0-1. Well, the good news is for the Astros, they also have another game in progress where they're currently winning 12-2. to uh, That's partially good news. The other good news is you won your first game of the season on the road against a playoff contending division rival, that being the Angels, behind a 6-2 inning shutout by Framber Valdez and got a balanced game on offense to win the second game of the first series. Well, actually, it's not even balanced at this point. That was written a little bit before. Now that they've scored 12 runs, it's not so balanced. Uh, But the bad news is the Mariners won, and the Rangers look slightly better than expected through this very large sample size we have of one game. Uh, The good news for Seattle, speaking of the Mariners, you're right where you want to be at 1-0 atop the ALS standings with the Astros. The bad news is winning 2-1 and one in your first game after being a team whose run differential was the opposite of their record isn't a good sign. This year, try winning games by more than one run because I will say that typically does not hold up for two seasons in a row where you can have, what, they had like a negative 70 run differential or yeah. something, something like that by the end of the year and still almost push for a playoff spot. It's not going to happen again. It's just impossible. It won't happen. Uh, and I think that this might catch up to them. And you know what? If it doesn't, Consider them the luckiest team of all time. Let's move on from Seattle. Texas, good news. You scored eight runs against the Blue Jays with seven in the first four innings. Unfortunately, the bad news is you gave up 10 runs in return after building a 7 to nothing lead and you lost to the Toronto Blue Jays. Although someone could say, you know, they are playing the Blue Jays, so it's not entirely too surprising that that lineup had enough firepower to come back in the game because... They have a lot of firepower in general in that lineup. Now, let's move on to the LA Angels. The good news for them is that Shohei Otani looked great in his first career opening day start, only giving up one run. The bad news is the offense had one run in the had just one more one run in the first game and only two so far in the second game. It doesn't look like they're going to get many. Uh, and also in the bullpen, Jimmy Herget joined Jose Barrios in the 108 ERA club to start the year. And Mike Myers' pitching was its own horror movie as he has an infinite ERA so far this season. Something you rarely see is an ERA with no number next to it. It just says INF. 
an infinite ERA because he did not get a single out and allowed maybe multiple runs. I think at least, at least one, least maybe one, multiple. Yeah. Uh, but that's not a good start for the Angels. And uh, you know when you when when you're coming out at home after thinking that you finally built together your contending team when you've had the goat of baseball for what eight years now and only well zero playoff games to your name. Uh, it's a terrible start to come out like this and look so terrible against the team that you're going to have to dethrone from the top of the division if you want to make it anywhere. Uh, but let's move on from the Angels to a team who used to be near the top of this division and trying to dethrone the Astros. Oakland, good news. The offense put up five runs with what most people would call a pretty subpar lineup. The bad news is Kyle Schorber hit a leadoff home run and the Phillies scored nine as a team. Uh, in Oakland's only game so far, and you also traded your ace to the Padres along with pretty much the entire rest of the lineup, but that's a different story that we already talked about, but the Manaya trade was so recent that he was my AL Cy Young pick, and now he's literally not even pitching a single game in the AL this year. Well, interleague play. Yeah, I guess, but not, a, not on an <laughs> not AL, on AL team. team. Unless the Padres make a deal. All right, well, we're done with the AL, so let's move over to the National League starting with the National League East, where the New York Mets are in first place alone with a 2-0 record. The very, 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 very good news for the Mets is that their new manager, Buck Showalter, has never lost a game in his Mets tenure, as he's 2-0 now. And you've pitched two very clean games. The bad news is you're playing the Nationals, who aren't going to generate much offense this year, so it's not really surprising that your pitching has been good so far, especially when your whole team is pretty much built off of your pitching. Uh, and the other bad news is, well, Jacob deGrom won't be pitching for two or three months, so that's also not very good at all. Uh, the good news for the second-place Phillies, you're 1-0, and Kyle Schwarber at leadoff looks great, just like it did in on the Nationals last year and on the Red Sox last year, and so does the rest of the lineup along with the bullpen. The bad news is, the one concern everybody had coming into the season was how bad their defense would be, and they already had two errors on opening day, one of which led to an unearned run uh, for the pitching staff, but a run for the A's. And look, I will say, to start the year that way when you, you know, everybody already said, this defense is going to be terrible, you should try to come out at the beginning of the year and try to prove them wrong. You should have that energy. You should be so focused on defense that there's no way you make an error. Making two already is a terrible sign because as you get later into the season, you're going to you're gonna get even less focused, I think, honestly, it, towards the beginning to middle part of the season. And then obviously, by the end of the season, you should definitely be focusing on it again. But I don't know if this team's going to be able to do that. Those struggles on defense are well documented already before the season's even started. And I don't necessarily see them stopping. But let's move on to the third place team in the division, the reigning World Series champions. Atlanta, good news, you're a nice even 500 to start the season with Ronald Acuna Jr. still out with an injury and have gotten decent run support in both games. And also, you're the defending champs, so you kind of know what you're doing with this whole baseball thing. The bad news is the pitching staff gave up six runs to the Reds in both games so far. And honestly, just like, just like a lot of other teams, you're not necessarily facing a great lineup. So... If the pitching's going to bring you back where it did last year, how they were pitching well against the Dodgers, and probably the Dodgers only averaged maybe, th I'd want to say like four or five runs in that series in the NLCS, That the way the pitching staff is pitching against the Reds, it is definitely not going to do the same against any playoff team uh, with how it's pitched so far. But should get better later in the year. We'll see what happens. Uh, moving on from them, Miami. Good news for Miami. You got some very clutch hitting 
from Jacob Stallings to take the lead over San Francisco. The bad news is you then gave up a home run to Tyro Estrada and then lost in extra innings because of not-so-clutch hitting. Uh, the magic number you need in every inning of extra innings is one run with the runner on sec- starting on second base. And they didn't get any, so they pretty much uh, dug their own grave there at the end of that game. Uh, but at least, you know, at, at least the Marlins made it back into the game in the first place. Uh, Washington, good news. Just like the Orioles, you shouldn't be aiming to win, and you aren't. Bad news. The most exciting thing your team has done so far is hit Pete Alonso with a pitch up high, maybe even in the face. It was hard to tell on the replay, honestly, and I wasn't watching it live. And also cause a brawl by doing the same exact thing to Francisco Lindor. Uh, it is not a good thing to only be in the news for very bad things. You know, the, the phrase, all press is good press, does not ring true when you're talking about hitting people in the head with a baseball, especially when your team isn't supposed to be very good. They shouldn't be making headlines for that. It should probably be some upcoming prospects making highlights, but instead, the only highlight plays of the season so far aren't even highlights. They're actually low lights, like I said, hitting people. And then also D. Gordon coming back, or should I say D. Strange Gordon, coming back into the league, uh, throwing a great throw from center field to nail a runner out. But unfortunately, that only prevented one of the set, one of a possible eight runs that the Mets could eventually score. They ended up with seven, and the Nationals are 0-2. So that's a pretty bad start to the season for them. Okay, let's move over to the NL Central. Two teams tied for first place, starting with the St. Louis Cardinals at 1-0. The St. Louis Cardinals, the good news for them, you won your first game of the ba- of the year 9 to nothing. The bad news is you're playing against possibly the worst team in the MLB, and Albert Pujols still went 0 for 5, unfortunately, to start his, his second Cardinals stint, and definitely the last one. Uh, the good news is for the second-place Chicago Cubs, who are currently 1-0, you got an unexpected home run from Nico Horner, who only has three career home runs heading into that game win 120 career games, and scored off of Corbin Burns for three runs in five innings, along with great production from international signing Seiya Suzuki, who was one for two with two walks and a run scored in his Major League debut. Uh, He's also the Rookie of the Year favorite, I will say. The bad news is you use five relievers after having your ace pitch, which is not going to be sustainable at all. And I will say you can interpret this as good or bad news, so I'm just going to throw it out there. They did get the game canceled and rained out today, so... Maybe you can say it's good news because the Brewers were going to get their revenge. Maybe you could say it's bad news because now the Cubs have, uh, you know, messes with the rotation and it also kills all momentum that they had at the beginning of the season if there is any momentum to be gained by winning one game. Uh, But let's move on to the third place Cincinnati Reds. Good news. Scoring six runs in each of the first two games of the season against a team with great pitching, along with Tyler Malley's scoreless five-inning outing on opening day. Those are all good things, all two of those things. Uh, The bad news is, despite six runs in both games, the Reds are only one and one. But I will say, going back to the beginning point, the other thing of good news is that I don't think this team is going to end up above 500. So the fact that they're starting the year at the defending World Series champs and they're honestly doing a pretty good job. They're scoring a lot of runs, and they obviously only lo- they lost their second game seven to six. That's not a big deal. Uh, and they won the first game six to three. That's honestly they're honestly overachieving to start the season. Although obviously, again, our very large sample size of one game they are overachieving in. But let's move on now to the Pittsburgh Pirates. The good news is Cabrian Hayes is signing a very long-term deal. The bad news is he got injured in the third inning of his first of his first game since signing the contract. Oh, wait, it was pending a physical. Never mind. Uh, and also, the team didn't score once, and their pitching isn't great. They might be the worst team in the league. I think that the Orioles are 
And the A's. Well, the Orioles, well, you know, after the A's scored five runs and after the Orioles only gave up two to the Rays, you can't really throw them in the conversation with the team that lost nine to nothing to the worst team, to the worst opponent out of all those three, honestly. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Pirates are there for now and, uh, We'll, we'll see what they can do for the rest of the season, and especially if Cabrian Hayes is hurt, they're not doing anything. Uh, and the other bad news is that while he was signing their team's longest deal ever, or largest deal ever, it was going to be eight years and $70 million, I believe, and if your biggest deal is $70 million, you're not really going to be contending ever. So uh, they got to figure out how to spend some money in Pittsburgh. But let's move on to a team who spent some money in the offseason, Milwaukee. Good news, Andrew McCutcheon had a good start to the season and looked like a very good DH going 2-for-5 in his first game. But the bad news is, former MVP Christian Yelich did not get a hit, and Corbin Burns, former NL Cy Young winner from last year, did not necessarily pitch like a Cy Young winner against yet another subpar lineup where a good pitcher doesn't do exactly what he's supposed to do. All right, well, let's close it out with our look at the National League West, starting with uh, three teams tied for first place, but starting with the Dodgers at 1-0. The good news for L.A. is that Gavin Lux went 1-for-2 two with two walks and two RBIs out of the ninth spot in the lineup, which means that the elimination of pitchers hitting is benefiting the Dodgers like it was supposed to, while Freddie Freeman reached base three times and only Craig Kimball gave up runs out of the bullpen. Uh, Trinan, Bruce Dargraderall, and Daniel Hudson all pitched scoreless innings. The bad news is Cody Bellinger went 0 for 4 in his first game of the season, and Craig Kimbrell continues to have some of his struggles. And, you know, the only thing that people are saying is the one weakness of the Dodgers is if you nitpick and you look at some of these guys' recent histories instead of their overall pedigree and say if Bellinger continues in a slump and if Craig Kimbrell can't make it out of the slump he had with the White Sox, can this team contend? And honestly, they could still contend, but it might have to use some jumbling around of roles, and that might mess with a lot of stuff that the Dodgers have in place, especially considering that, as I've mentioned to you about a thousand times off podcast as a Dodgers fan, there are no outfielders in the on the opening day roster other than the ones in the starting lineup, or if you want to count Gavin Lux as an outfielder, but also he's also starting in the infield, so he can't do both at, at, at one time. Uh, but uh, the Dodgers will figure it out eventually, and uh, hopefully Cody Bellinger figures it out eventually too. But let's move on to the second place, San Francisco Giants. Haven't said that sentence in a very long time. The good news is your hitters came through in the clutch with runs to send the game to the 10th inning and win the game in the 10th inning. The bad news is Camilo Duvall gave up a three-run home run to Jacob Stallings, who was known as a defensive catcher in the top of the ninth. And that was the only reason the bottom of the ninth and the bottom of the 10th or in the 10th as a whole inning even happened at all. So... That's not very good to start the season where you had a great bullpen last year and you've already given up three runs in the ninth to start this year with a new piece that you're adding into the bullpen from the minors. Probably not a great idea, honestly. I don't know why they're really switching up who their closer is this late. But anyway, he was good last year. But let's move on from that. Talk about the San Diego Padres, who are now 1-1. One and one. The good news is the starting pitchers for San Diego have been outstanding to start the season, with both of them taking no hitters through the sixth inning. The bad news is the bullpen ruined you Darvish masterpieces you Darvish's masterpiece of an opening day start by giving up a three-run home run after uh, another run scored in the top of the ninth or sorry in the bottom of the ninth to Arizona to lose the first game four to two and also they lost to Arizona which is something they shouldn't do and as I and we talked about it last year the Padres probably took themselves out of the divisional race with the Dodgers and the Giants 
because they're because of their inability to beat up on the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. And I talked about how it happened with the Rays beating up on the Orioles and the Red Sox failing to do so. It really does affect your divisional standings, how well you play against the bottom of your division, because when you go cross division, the bottom of the other divisions aren't necessarily as bad as the bottom of the NLS, to be quite honest. The NLS is probably the worst bottom two-team combination at the bottom of a, of the, of a division in probably the entire league. Uh, so they need to do a better job of beating up on them, just like they didn't weren't able to do last year. Uh, and it might hold them out of the playoffs again this year if they continue that trend. But let's move on to the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are 1-1. One one. The good news is a walk-off three-run home run in the bottom of the ninth had the Diamondbacks at 1-0 on the year. The bad news is the Diamondbacks still don't have a hit this season before the seventh inning, and only five hits and four runs total. And also, I would like to mention... That home run was hit by Seth Beer, which is a very good name. So at least they have some guys with good names on the roster. But let's move on to Colorado. Their good news is that they put up a, def- a, a decent fight against the Dodgers and provided some resistance to the Dodgers in every inning other than the fourth. The bad news is only getting three runs uh, three runs of run support and allowing the Dodgers to get that one inning where they scored all five of their runs and where every single run came with two outs. They just needed one out at three or four different places in that inning, and the game would have been over. Okay, well, that wraps up our uh, completely uh, knee-jerk initial reactions, quick takes on every team in Major League Baseball. Um, keeping with that theme of overreacting to the first two days of the season, uh, tell me who you think the new division winners are going to be using this large sample size of the first two days uh, as an explanation for why. Well, if I have to ignore everything else, which is the goal here, I... Uh, Honestly, you don't end up much different than your original picks. Uh, I'm definitely sticking with Toronto because that team has great offense. I'm only worried about the fact that their starting pitcher has a 100-plus ERA, and that might not go so well uh, in the playoffs for them if that continues. Um, Although I will say I am switching it up in the AL Central. The Tigers were clutch today. The White Sox were not. I will take the Tigers over the White Sox in my one-day-in divisional winner's predictions. And uh, let's just say Houston, if anything, I'm more confident in Houston now than I've ever been before after they absolutely decimated the Angels in the fir- in the second game of the series after beating them pretty easily in the first game of the series. Uh, so I'm going to stick with two of those three. And then if you move to the NL, I'm still sticking with the Mets. They went 2-0. They're doing well. They're beating up on the terrible team in their division. They have a better record than the Phillies do, even though the Phillies are possibly playing a worse team than the Nationals, that being the A's in the NL Central. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the Brewers lost to the Cubs, so I'm going to go with if you you got to beat the best to be the best, so let's go with the Cubs just for fun. Uh, yeah, I know, switching from one Chicago team to the other and probably not a good switch, although, you know, I could have gone with St. With St. Louis, but I don't think that's fun enough, so I'm going to go with Chicago. I'm going to say Seiya Suzuki doesn't win NL Rookie of the Year because they decide that it's unfair to win Rookie of the Year and win MVP, and Seiya Suzuki goes and wins the MVP. How about that one? That is a one-day-in reaction if I've ever heard one. Uh, and then finally, in the NL West, the Dodgers are doing well. I'm sticking with the Dodgers. Okay, well, uh, keeping with the theme of way too early predictions, but at least these, uh, you know, who are on the team and they played a game or two. Uh, name your one-day-in or two days into the season, one day, the first day being a partial uh, slate of games. Name your one or two days into the season World Series. Well, you have to go with the St. Louis Cardinals because they have not given up a run so far this season. They have a combined zero ERA, and they've scored nine. They score nine runs per game. That sounds pretty good for me. Uh, and then I'm going to go with the Astros because they're the only team that's 2-0 and in the AL, although the Blue Jays are also a good pick here. But 
So far, as I said, starting pitcher Ace has a 108 ERA, so that's, I'm not going to go with that. And uh, let's just say that St. Louis continues their trend of uh, not giving up runs, and they win the series 4 to nothing with a combined score of 36 to nothing. Uh, that would be enjoyable, I guess. Actually, maybe not really. It wouldn't be very... Actually, no, that wouldn't be entertaining at all. What am I talking about? Eh, who knows? Depends on who you're a fan of. Well, the good news is uh, these are clearly way too early. Knee-jerk reaction. And the good news is these aren't my actual predictions, so and do not do the, not put it, me on a Twitter account for that or something. Yeah, Don't and, do it. Uh, obviously having a little fun with the beginning of the season, us being a little later in than, than we would have been normally because of the lockout. And we, of course, will revisit these predictions later in the season, as we always do, usually around the All-Star break, and then... Uh, not revisit these predictions, no, but revisit, revisit our initial from, predictions. From, from, from the last podcast. Although, I should say, I need a new AL Cy Young pick, because Sean Manaya literally go. does not pitch so in the new? AL anymore. So, giving me five seconds and having seen all the Aces pitch, Robbie Ray looks like he's going to repeat again. I mean, honestly, he carved through a very good Twins lineup, uh, this is one game in, but I, I, I'm not picking Garrett Cole. I still don't think, I think he's distracted by the fact that his own teammate was probably his biggest enemy last year, that being Josh Donaldson, who was one of the most vocal, oh, Garrett Cole right. is terrible because of his sta- because of not using sticky stuff anymore, uh, things. And, you know, I think Josh is still in his head and now he's also in his dugout too. So that's really actually an issue, honestly, which... I don't know why the Yankees necessarily did that, but that's 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 a different issue. Maybe they um, thought he wouldn't be bugging him if he was on the same team. Well, they said that they called him in a little in the into the office and you know talked it out. But I, I'm gonna be quite honest. Garrett Cole and Josh Donaldson are not two people that I think can talk it out in like 30 minutes and hash out all their differences. And I think that's a good thing because they bring really good emotion to the game. But also, they probably still don't like each other very much. Uh, but we'll see if there we'll see if we hear anything about that later in the season. Uh, but. Yeah, I don't want to go with Cole because of that, and Manaya was my second pick because, well, he was still in the AL. I think Barrios is a terrible pick because he already had the worst outing there has been this year, so I think you've got to go. I think you kind of just have to go with Robbie Wright at this point, other than Garrett Cole, if you want to stick with that faith, although Eovaldi also looked pretty decent too, but I, I, I like I like Robbie Wright. You're not going to go with Zach Greinke? No. <laughs> That's the other part of the, with the Royals. Not only don't they have Zach Granke pitching for them every day, they're also not going to get that Zach Granke every time he takes them out. So. Yeah, probably not. I mean, they might have gotten it the first seven years of his career, but maybe not anymore. Okay, well, that wraps up our look at uh, way too early look at Major League Baseball. It also ends this edition of the 4th and 24 podcast. Please join us for our next podcast, which will be on Monday, April 11th, where we will see the accuracy of Patrick's weekend predictions, which were posted on Thursday. Uh, and have our weekly deep dive into the NBA as we head into the playoffs, um, and we'll give our predictions for the NBA play-in bracket. In the meantime, please be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including those weekend predictions that were posted on Thursday and his MLB power rankings. All of that on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number 4, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.